Hello. Welcome back to Conversations with Stephen Kamgasa. Today's guest is Dr. Sin Kwan Lai, a community doctor at the Department of Family Medicine, Taipei Veteran Veterinary Near General Hospital. Dr. Lai is also an associate professor of family medicine at National Defense Medical College and a clinical lecturer in family medicine at National Yang Ming University, both of which institutions are based in Taiwan. He is a general member of Taiwan Association of Family Medicine, Taiwan Academy of Hospice Palliative Medicine, and the Society of Research on Nicotine and Tobacco. Dr. Lai has published seven peer-reviewed journal articles. In this episode, Dr. Lai shares with us why he loves working as a community doctor in Taiwan. Welcome, Dr. Lai. Yeah, good morning, Stephen. Good morning. The New York Times piece published on July 15th, 1978, entitled Taiwan Ends Four Decades of Martial Law, has a great quote, which I quote. Over the past months, Taiwan has made significant progress towards increased democracy and respect for human rights said the State Department spokesman, Charles E. Redman, and he went on, we believe that the lifting of martial law is an important event which symbolizes the commitment of the Taiwan authorities to continue this process. Dr. Lai, here's my first question. As someone born in the 1960s, what was growing up in Taiwan under martial law like? And how did that experience shape the man you subsequently became? Okay, okay. This is uh, it's a very interesting question uh, for the people uh, uh, who uh, know, first of all, know Taiwan uh, in the 21st century. Yeah, maybe uh, for people in this era, me, it's, it's very hard for them to to the to learn that Taiwan was the uh, under martial controls uh, when I was born in the 1960s or in my childhood uh, age, but actually, so about in, in, when I was a young student in the primary school, um, uh, actually the the martial is not so so, so scale. Uh, maybe uh, we did not have the, and the, the, the at that time the government will control uh, a lot of the uh, media, including the the TV station and uh, newspaper. So, a uh, lot of some policy. Uh, the the people cannot. The, 
uh, public uh, uh, any uh, comments uh, any uh, any government uh, uh, anti government uh, speech or uh, publish an article that is the any government so but uh, um, otherwise the when I grow up the uh, the the atmospheres in the community is still it is still safe. It's still safe. Uh, you 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 can um, travel, but for me, I'm I'm a young young children in adolescent. So we, we still have the military services there after you graduate from high school or graduate from the college or university. So uh, in my uh, a Chinese, Chinese, or I cannot go abroad uh, be, before you finish the military services for any young male. Otherwise, uh, we can uh, have the uh, uh, free traveling in 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 this island. Uh, you can uh, do any com commercial uh, business. Uh, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It was okay. I could be mistaken, but the definition of a community doctor is, I think, as follows. A medical practitioner whose primary concern is the health status of the population within a defined geographical area, mm -hmm. who is essentially responsible for assessment and evaluation of the community's health needs and for the organizations of health services to meet those needs. He will generally not render primary health care, except for specific disease entities, such as selected communi communicable diseases. His role varies from country to country, but he is usually employed by a government agency. Dr. Lai, in your own words, is this definition correct? And is there anything you might wish to add to it? Okay. Um, Stephen, your definition, okay, it's, it's good. But um, uh, actually in Taiwan, uh, the idea or the, the concept of the community medicine or family medicine or uh, maybe in the UK or in the European country, they would say this is a general practitioner. Uh, that the concepts in the healthcare uh, uh, first uh, appeared in Taiwan, I think in the is it in the nineteen eighties, and I they graduated from the medical school in the nineteen ninety around the near near nineteen nineties. So at that time, the the idea of the community medicine is a relatively new and is a um, still in the very uh, uh, is it the, the not non mature uh, discipline in the medical care system in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So when I graduated from medical school in the nineteen, I graduated medical school in the nineteen eighteen eighty nine, and I have little idea of what should what what kind of doctor I should be, but um, in medical school in in medical school in under graduate school, I think I, I like to contact the person, to communicate with the person, 
uh, it's not only a disease. So um, when I think of uh, my career, I think maybe I can't uh, uh, to engage in a community medicine or family medicine for for a couple of years before I make any further decision for my professional career. So when I uh, graduate after my graduation from medical school, so, so I think okay, I will try some as a community medicine or general practitioner first. So I start my uh, training in the, uh, yeah, as you introduced in the, in the beginning of our talk, I start my training uh, and at the Veteran General Hospital Taipei, Taipei, Taipei Veteran General Hospital. One, I think the one of the best hospitals in, in, in Taiwan. I start my learning um, in the hospital and also I have a lot of training course in the community. We have to go to the rural area. I maybe spend at least a half a year training, uh, three months a course, and I finished alone more than nine nine months. Is the it's a three three months of course uh, to stay in the rural area uh, in the community, and uh, in my three year training uh, each. Uh, each year, I have to spend three months in the community, and when I when I work in the community with the, some the senior doctor, uh, it's a solo practice now, or sometimes it's a public health station. I contact the patient. I uh, practice the uh, practice the clinical uh, skill, and I also then are. Uh, have to learn how to work in the public health environment to promote the public health. So mm -hmm. it's a great reward for me. So after mm -hmm. my finishing the first three year training, I decided to stay in the discipline and uh, to advance my uh, my learning and the other. <laughs> the title of this podcast is Why I Love Working as a Community Doctor in Taiwan. Yeah. Would you please tell us why you chose this particular line of work? Okay. I think you, I can separate your question into two parts. The first, as a community doctor. The second part, in Taiwan. <laughs> yeah, that's the two parts. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if I want to practice uh, medicine, okay, uh, when I've just finished my uh, uh, training programs and as a young doctor, uh, okay, if I, uh, in, in my uh, very personal idea, I think if I want to practice medicine, uh, I grew up in this, um, in this country, I grew up in my home country, so if I want to practice, practice medicine at that time, I, the first thing I think of, I should practice in Taiwan. I do not want to practice in other country. Maybe I can, uh, okay. So this is the answer for for the, the second part of your question, practice in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can practice medicine so I can work um, with the, the people I'm familiar with and I can stay with my family, my my friend. Okay, this is the first part. This is the second part, what I want to practice in Taiwan. The second part, to practice in community as a community man, a community doctor. Uh, you know, so in Taiwan, we have the National Health Insurance. 
and uh, uh, very different from the system uh, uh, in the UK or in the European country. Taiwan, the medical system uh, used to be uh, uh, dominated by so-called specialist, cardiologist, pulmonologist, uh, gastroenterologist, uh, gynecologist, pediatrics, or surgeon, different surgeon doctor. Um, community medicine or general practice or family medicine um, um, about 30 years ago just played a very, very, very small part uh, in the healthcare system. So every patient who wants to the, have the medical problem, have the health issue, they want to uh, solve this problem. Okay, the, the people have to think, the first think about which doctor I should seek. And you know that for most of the general population, I have some physical or some symptom of illness, but it's very hard for them to differentiate what kind of problem it is. It's a I have chest pain, the map the pain is from heart, from lung, or from the other part of the body. For general population, for general persons, it's very hard. For ordinary person, it's very hard for them. I should go to a heart doctor, lung doctor, or the other doctor. So the idea of the um, community medicine or some general practitioner have to uh, be a new discipline in Taiwan in the 1980s or 90s. So, so as a young doctor, I think I want to practice a, a doctor to provide information for people. And you know that a general doctor, general practitioner or community doctor, they can solve the 80 to 90 percent uh, in the primary care for their patient. And for this problem, for some problem, maybe beyond their uh, uh, ability, and then, then we can refer the patient to the specialist. So I'm interested in that. Uh, I want to contact with person and I want to have the person differentiate their problem. So 30 years ago, I'm very, mm -hmm. very interested in that discipline. Mm -hmm. and, and it shows because um, um, if I may share with our audiences that you are actually my doctor. So, <laughs> and uh, I, I testify you are very good at that. Um, the Chinese civilization of which Taiwan answers to has a long and proud history of traditional Chinese medicine. Why did you choose to practice modern medicine, Western medicine and not traditional Chinese medicine? <laughs> okay, this is a hard question and interesting, but very hard. Um, the first one, uh, in Taiwan, we used to say, um, okay, for me, uh, in my 50, I, I, I'm, I'm 57 years old. When I was young, we were teaching. I'm a Taiwanese, but also I'm a Chinese. Yeah. But for my children, 
Now they think they are Taiwanese, they are not Chinese. But so go back to the sound. Science, okay? What's the difference between the Chinese medicine and the so-called modern uh, Western uh, medicine? Okay, I think the Chinese medicine is a part of traditional medicine. I think a lot of the people from the Westernized country um, maybe they were very interesting in the Chinese medicine or the other countries like Indian or other countries that so-called the traditional medicine. The differences between the, the major differences between the Chinese medicine or other uh, Chinese medicine and the, uh, the Western uh, medicine is the base of science. For example, uh, as for example, okay, Chinese medicine. For example, a lot of the skill knowledge um, is uh, okay given by the by our uh, the ancestor. They were not the uh, well or a computer exam by the um, modern science. Okay, including the uh, epidemiology or a lot of clinical trial. So, so we say um, if you learn the Chinese medicine, you you have to learn from your tutor, learn from your uh, instructor, and uh, not uh, learn from their experience. Okay, it's very hard to learn from a scientific uh, reviewed article textbook. I have to say some of the Chinese medicine, okay, they are very good, but um, we should learn from uh, the science of the Western medicine. All the Chinese medicine, all the traditional medicine should be uh, uh, re-examined again by the current scientific method. So, so in the Taiwan, uh, we have very the, the history of very fast the economic development uh, in the past 40 to 50 years. So uh, when I grew up, uh, uh, after I finished my high school education, before uh, college, I want to be a doctor, so I have to uh, work hard to find the opportunity to get, get into the medical school. And uh, okay, as Stephen say, why do I did not choose the Chinese medicine in Taiwan? If you want to practice the Chinese medicine, okay, you have to go to the Department of Chinese Medicine. Otherwise, you have and then you have to pass um, the certificate exam. If not, if you not enter the uh, the department and choose the uh, medical school, most medical school provides the education for the Western uh, medicine. And then you cannot apply for the exam to pass the exam mm -hmm. for Chinese medicine. It's different route. Mm -hmm. So in my young age, okay, we 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 get a lot of information from the American, from the United States, from the European country. So you know, as a young doctor in the Westernized society, uh, it's a in the er, in the age of the Westernization, okay. Mm -hmm. Most young people would choose the the Western style, 
So mm-hmm. I have to say it's a part of civilization for me. So I choose the Western style. But okay, when when I grow up uh, and as a physician, I would start to think your problem. Should I practice uh, some mm-hmm. um, Chinese medicine? I think the very popular in Taiwan, including uh, acupuncture. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my co- co- uh, colleagues, they were after they finished their uh, medical school in Western medicine and uh, finished their training in the clinical practice. Let's start to learn some skill from uh, the Chinese medicine, including the uh, most popular is acupuncture. And we also mm-hmm. have lots of the physical maneuver, uh, including massage. I, mm-hmm. I, I, it's very hard for me to, to give the correct terminology in, mm-hmm. in English, but we have lots yeah, of yes. the, uh, clinical skill in the Chinese medicine. And some of my colleagues are very interested in that, but not me, <laughs> I have to say. Mm-hmm. But would you say that uh, Chinese medicine and Western medicine complement each other? Because my wife has has some particular medical issues and sometimes when she goes to hospital, Mm -hmm. she has to see a Chinese medicine practitioner and Mm -hmm. she's given specific recommendations as opposed to the medicine she would probably get from the Western practitioner is that That's the right, case yeah. in your experience? Yeah, so so in in um, in in the medical society in Taiwan, so, you know Taiwan now we have very we, we now become a more a modern country now, and uh, mm-hmm. we have lots of um, a tran- good transition and a good uh, mm-hmm. uh, good practice style uh, from the Chinese medicine. But uh, mm-hmm. I think that maybe the the government, the medical school, the hospital now, mm-hmm. uh, we say this is modern Chinese medicine. Okay. We use the Chinese, the, the ancient Chinese medicine skill or the knowledge from the Chinese the medicine, and we re examine its uh, validity by the scientific mm-hmm. method, and say so we say mm-hmm. not this is Chinese the, uh, modern. Uh, traditional medicine, more than Chinese medicine, or more mm-hmm. than Chinese the, uh, medication. Medication, yes. Jonathan Adams, uh, writing for the Global Post, published a piece in 2010 entitled Special Report, Healthcare in Taiwan, in which he wrote the following. One misconception about single-payer plans, like Taiwan's, is that they eliminate fee competition. In fact, that's only true for the health insurance market, where the government becomes the dominant or only player. In Taiwan, there is private insurance, but only for gold-plated plans, targeting the wealthy offering priority or tailored care better than what you can get through the national plan. Health providers, on the other hand, work in a crowded market of both public and private facilities that compete fiercely for patients. The catch is, since reimbursement fees are standardised, doctors and hospitals don't compete on price. 
It's like a town of a hundred hamburger joints, where the price of a hamburger is set at one dollar. The restaurants would compete for customers based on how juicy, tasty, and big their hamburgers are. End of quotation. Dr. Lai, I know you've touched briefly upon this, but would you kindly tell us about the Taiwan National Insurance? Okay. Um, many people who have the, uh, maybe have some idea or have some experience like you so about the, the Taiwan healthcare system, you are, you are one of the customer in that system mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I'm the provider <laughs> yes um, this a uh, lots of people were saying that Taiwan's healthcare system maybe one of the best one in 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 the world okay um, but actually um, uh, as a provider as a healthcare um, provider or healthcare practitioner, Sometimes we will pull up that, but sometimes we will suffer from that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a, it's very uh, unique because the health insurance, healthcare, national health insurance. So as you said, uh, it, it there's only one buyer in that system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the national health, the national insurance is the only one buyer. So they dominate the system. Which kind of practice, which kind of service will be included, which kind of medication will be included, and uh, some okay, maybe this medication is too expensive, too new, uh, without the definition uh, treatment uh, effect will not be covered. So the national health, the, the government dominating that system. And everyone, including the customer, okay, the patient, the people, and the provider, the hospital or the medical practitioner, practitioner, they have to follow their rule. The benefit of a single buyer is that all the income uh, is not for profit. Okay, uh, if as if this is a if this is a commercial the health insurance. Okay, maybe the the company they have to take uh, take away about ten or even twenty percent of their income as a mm-hmm. commercial benefit. But mm-hmm. in the national health insurance the system, uh, the the government will not make money from the system. <laughs> they just want to provide mm-hmm. the service to the people. So this is the non-profit system. So all the income is useful to improve the try to improve the, the health of the people and the, but they have a lot of the strategy to, to to achieve this goal so they were caught cost the price mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. cost on is the first priority because they have to pay mm-hmm. everything so every people in that system this is a huge number of people covered by the national health insurance and a lot of people use the system every day so uh, they they have they need to have a large cash flow to mm-hmm. to uh, to maintain that system. So, as a provider, you always or a lot of media 
uh, from a lot of the information from media, you will always hear the provider is suffer from the low cost. As you said, mm-hmm. we different. Maybe you can the provider can have different. Uh, they have some different in their services, but they only get one price. Mm-hmm. In the very the rural area, is one price. In the metropolitan mm-hmm. area, the same price. Mm-hmm. And it's a very difficult for the healthcare provider before for uh, for um, for organize, health organization in the metropolitan area. Uh, they have higher pay for their employee, and uh, the uh, the rent, the look, the 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 house, the housing, the housing, the price is also higher than that in the uh, rural area. But uh, mm-hmm. national health insurance, they just uh, provide the same price. So, uh, in Taiwan, I think this also is a also a pressure to. To, to to move the, to 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 enable every uh, organization uh, to overcome this the barrier. So mm-hmm. in Taiwan, you will say, uh, which kind of hospital can provide the best quality for their uh, customer for their patient? Okay, the bigger hospital because the bigger the organization, the bigger the health uh, organization, they have more ability to cost on to cutting their cost. So mm-hmm. the bigger, the better. As small they have economies of scale. That's right. They have to mm-hmm. uh, uh, they can deal with their uh, provide the uh, pharmacy. Okay. The, mm-hmm. the pharmaceutical company. The pharmaceutical have to 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 provide a low price for their medication and that's the bigger uh, uh, organization so the bigger organization can can get the benefit of cost down and then they mm-hmm. can uh, get uh, some benefit mm-hmm. from the national health insurance because their cost is lower than the other hospital so in time when you find uh, in the metro area lots of uh, very uh, organized in the big scale of the organization yeah that's right it's a, a small convenience store Okay, it's convenient, but mm-hmm. it's price higher. The retail price is higher, but then mm-hmm. in the supermarket or the big big mall, okay, even they can mm-hmm. provide a lower price. The very similar mm-hmm. in the Taiwan healthcare uh, system. Mm-hmm. Do you think it meets most of its objectives in providing? Uh, low-cost low healthcare to the population of Taiwan. Um, could you repeat again? Do you think the national insurance system mm-hmm. as it stands meets its primary objective of providing the population of Taiwan low-cost healthcare? Um, I think that Different policies, uh, um, in, in facing different policy, the different organizations have different uh, strategy. So in Taiwan, uh, a local, um, a small uh, healthcare organization, they were uh, uh, they would become a joint, they become a joint group. 
Okay, they were mm-hmm. affiliated uh, with the Sun's um, medical center or mm-hmm. large scale uh, health organizations. They, they can they have some different type of uh, combination to mm-hmm. to provide uh, their healthcare services uh, to uh, make their health quality uh, better. Mm-hmm. Like Japan. Taiwan's system is not taking in enough money, a point you mentioned, to cover the medical care it provides. The problem is compounded by politics because it is up to Taiwan's parliament to to approve an increase in insurance premiums, which it has only done once since the program was enacted in 1995. Mm -hmm. Does this concern you as um, a community doctor? Um, yeah, that's right. Um, because the system um, is the very, very um, uh, popular in Taiwan, and so a lot of patients, you know, so we have very, very few invitations uh, for patients. Uh, so any patient, uh, as a patient, you, you can have some uh, a right to go to any uh, hospital or health uh, clinics uh, if you want. Maybe you can go to the local doctor in the morning, and in that turn you can go to another hospital in the metro area. So I think the shortage of uh, income is a big problem. And another barrier is the once you have the problem of shortage of inc- the income to provide uh, to uh, to provide uh, uh, the services, okay. Usually the strategy, okay, you you the, the payer, uh, the the consumer, have to pay more for their mm-hmm. services. But you know, in Taiwan, uh, this the democracy, the democracy in the system, any uh, policy. Uh, okay, increase the tax. It's just very similar to increase the tax. Mm. It's always a, a, a hard, a difficult issue. So in Taiwan, uh, maybe the, uh, the the government will use the different source of the uh, income to maintain the healthcare system. So, for example, uh, cigarette tax, tobacco tax. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. we increase the tobacco taxation, and then. Part of t- t- taxation you, you use for uh, health promotion, uh, disease prevention, mm-hmm. and some is for uh, geriatric care, long-term mm-hmm. care system, and some is for uh, just for national health insurance. So tobacco mm-hmm. taxation is a good example um, to uh, to find a new source from national health insurance. And you know, so mm-hmm. because the it, it's a good idea because the Smoking will increase the the disease, the um, mortality, and the, mm-hmm. um, even increase the uh, not a morbidity and mortality. So smoker mm-hmm. could suffer from uh, suffer earlier from the disease. Mm-hmm. So increase the taxation uh, from the cigarette and the income, the revenue of the taxation used for the healthcare is a very good mm-hmm. uh, option. Mm-hmm. to use the right money to do the right thing 
and the increase in mm-hmm. taxation also can cut on the use of the prevalence of the smoking rate. Mm-hmm. This is so it's one, a win-win. It's win-win a win-win win situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a win-win situation. Uh, Taiwan's healthcare system is a world famous, but it also results in financial dilemma, which mm-hmm. you've touched upon. Yeah, part of the burden of healthcare reform and a drug payment system will be launched this year. That is in 2020. Do you think it will help restrain medical waste? And could it harm the rights of those who are economically disadvantaged? Mm-hmm. It's a dilemma, and it always be a dilemma. Um, mm-hmm. As a consumer, as a patient, they always want to uh, solve their problem to reduce their their suffering as possible. Um, but uh, the cost is always a problem. The cost is always a problem. So um, if we increase that. Uh, we say it's a uh, partial, uh, how do you say it's a partial pay, that's right? Maybe partial pay, mm-hmm. partial pay by the patient. Partial payment, yes. Okay, especially, mm-hmm. that's, that have no, uh, this, it's one bit, it's, it's, it can be a good, big, bigger burden for the people, uh, for the poor population or the people from the uh, lower economic, uh, socioeconomic level. It's had mm-hmm. no impact. Uh, on the wealthy population, so mm-hmm. it must be very careful to to increase the partial pay from from the consumer. Uh, but you also want to maintain the high quality of health care. So it's a it's a dilemma in the past, mm-hmm. and uh, I I don't think that we can find a, a permanent solution for that. You can always wait and see, and you can make some change, and then wait and see the outcome. So mm-hmm. it's a dynamic process. You can do a lot of change every time, a small change every time. So I, I, I'm not sure, I cannot sure that the, the, the policy in the 2020, uh, the, the real outcome, because it just, uh, today is the 2022. Only yes, one, 2022, yes. Yeah, so it's only one or two years, so we are still waiting for the outcome. But uh, um, you know, the national health center always um, make a lot of change every year. Um, the the man, the medicine is not a, uh, a the, the progress of uh, clinical medicine or uh, medical practice is not stationary. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of new medication, a lot of new skill um, uh, in the medical pra- in the medical discipline. And some of them will be applied to the clinical practice, and some of them will be covered by the national health insurance. So this is a dynamic process. So every year, maybe every every month, the national health insurance uh, administration they will always make a lot of small change. I think the big change is hard, and it's very painful. And the small small change every two one or two months, and okay, 
will not be so will not be noticed by most of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I think so. The national health health administrative that they do a lot of small change and frequently do that. Mm-hmm. So so your recommendation is that they continue making small incremental changes yeah, to make right. it better rather than having a big wholesale overhaul. Yeah, small change. Okay, maybe uh, not so painful. A big change. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. oh, it's tremendous. <laughs> It's a huge, huge, uh, yeah, huge, very painful indeed, yes. Okay. Taiwan's epidemic, epidemic prevention policy is no longer set to zero. And it has entered a controlled community transmission phase. However, Many elders in the community are reluctant to get vaccinated because of the previous success or successes of Taiwan's anti-epidemic measures. And they are worried about possible side effects of the vaccine. Dr. Lai, as a community medical practitioner, Do you think that elderly people with weak immune systems are likely to cause community infections, which will eventually lead to the same unmanageable situation we saw recently in Hong Kong? Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about the COVID-19 uh, uh, Endemics or epidemics uh, or pandemic. It's a pandemic, okay. COVID-19 in the pandemics um, in the past two to three years. Uh, mm-hmm. I think so every people, everyone, not only in Taiwan, uh, I think so in the world, learn a lot of, mm-hmm. and everyone, a lot of them become the expert. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, for the, I first I will talk about the uh, vaccination policy in Taiwan. Um, mm-hmm. Two years ago, we were short of the vaccine. Yeah, because uh, we, we have, Taiwan has uh, produced uh, one or two vaccines uh, in, in, in Taiwan by the local company, but they were st- still get a permit from the government because they, they, their um, clinical trial is still on the way. So we mm-hmm. need the vaccine from uh, 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 European country or from the United States, from the States. However, uh, because um, at two years ago, uh, it's a, a Delta, that's right, Delta variant, COVID-19 mm-hmm. Delta mm-hmm. variant. It's a, mm-hmm. um, the haunt and the crinkles and crinkle haunt from the Delta variant The, the Delta, Delta strain um, as compared to the current um, Omicron, okay, the transmission ability may be lower. However, mm-hmm. the crinkles and uh, side effect, a crinkle, crinkles and outcome is more serious. So at the mm-hmm. time, we're shortage of uh, vaccine. So the government have a very strong limitation uh, and uh, provides a lot of public information about the 
the, uh, how to prevent the virus in the transmission in the community. Yeah, so we say sometimes uh, it's a non-lockdown. We say it's a soft lockdown in Taipei City mm-hmm. or in Taiwan. So mm-hmm. that Delta the transmission uh, is the quickly is under control uh, uh, two years ago, one or two years ago. Uh, and a lot of some people get the vaccination at that time. It's very good example at that time. However, in the past two or three months, it's another variant. Mm-hmm. It's Omicron. Omicron, mm-hmm. the clinical the presentation of Omicron, it is the not so uh, um, to to your body to to your body the physical symptom is mild, but there's a transmissibility mm-hmm. is stronger than the Delta variant. So mm-hmm. even though we we take the same uh, similar, not not the same, the similar the uh, controllable parts in the community. However, mm-hmm. the the infected number per day it's it's now more than uh, ten thousand per day. Mm-hmm. Now it's a two thousand per day. Twenty 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 thousand mm-hmm. per day. But mm-hmm. because it is a symptom, it's just very similar, even uh, similar to the influenza. So mm-hmm. as a community, I don't think that it's a serious problem. So we don't have to worry about that. But because the you know the Taiwan now is a, is a the uh, public the, the the media the the information the trans, mm-hmm. transmit transmit in the media I think it's faster than the virus. Mm-hmm. The side effect of vaccine, the shortage of vaccine, uh, any which vaccine is better, which one is not so good. Okay, mm-hmm. lots of information. Some of them maybe. Well, I cannot. I cannot say the fake news, fake information. Maybe not so correct. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the community, uh, different people have their different uh, uh, math, the, the information, and they have different uh, uh, explanation. So everyone have okay their own policy. So mm-hmm. I have to say this, it's it's real. Because we say, oh, some people, especially elder people, they don't take they take the vaccine and they get some side effect. So this must be serious. So this kind of information makes uh, lots of um, elder people over the seventy or eighty years old. They do not want mm-hmm. to take vaccine, or they just take one or two shots. They want to take the full mm-hmm. full course. The, as a definition at this day, it's a three three shot. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, at, at this time, the Omicron is uh, rapidly transmitted. For the people who are not fully vaccinated, they are at risk for uh, severe disease, uh, severe illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's a problem. So we we have the the problem of some people, they, they were concerned about the side effect of vaccination. And... We cannot, uh, we just, uh, as a doctor, okay, I, I sometimes, because I, as a community doctor, lots of my patients is elder patient. So mm-hmm. I just uh, try to, uh, I, I cannot force them to, to get a vaccine, but I would recommend them. So the first that usually I, um, in the past months, when I, in my practice then, when the patient come in, the first question, I would like to get a three, vaccine, three shot of vaccine. <laughs> mm-hmm. If not, I will ask. I, I usually I will ask why, and they will mm-hmm. give me different uh, reason. Then I will say, um, okay, for any kind of reason, I will still recommend you to take 
the full cost uh, vaccine to, to, to get a better protection, but then it's your own decision. And uh, you have to try to get the best protection for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all. Okay. Our last question is this. What advice would you give someone waiting, wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Say to a young person. <laughs> oh. uh, this is a because it, um, I work in a. I'm a community doctor, but actually I work in a teaching hospital. Okay, mm-hmm. I've been teaching hospital is one of the biggest hospital and uh, major training hospital in Taiwan. So every day I have a lots of undergraduate or postgraduate young doctor to work with me. Yeah, every mm-hmm. day. Uh, after this the interview, then I I will, I, will, I will go to my hospital and they will, I will work with them. Yeah, some of them will ask me uh, why is, uh, I will choose uh, as a uh, doctor and why I choose the uh, general practitioner or community medicine as my uh, discipline and why I want to work here uh, in the hospital. I, I, I have to face the question every day mm-hmm. so uh, as a young doctor as a young doctor when they're still undergraduate they were mm-hmm. uh, every month they were moved to different department for mm-hmm. me when I was a young doctor when I worked in that department, oh, I like this this discipline I like this department mm-hmm. I want to be the doctor just like a senior one next mm-hmm. month I moved to the, the other one the other department mm-hmm. I changed my mind <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. So I I, I just do my uh, do my I, I can say I do my best. I, I can just do my daily practice to, to present my professional career to my to my young younger generation, and uh, I, I don't want to help them to make any decision. They just uh, exposed to that environment. And exposed to our practice, and I think it, it, Taiwan is a very open system. It's an open so so. Every young doctor they have they can do their own judgment. They can judge by mm-hmm. themselves, and they just from the atmosphere. And actually, they have. Um, I have to say that uh, I just want. Sometimes I will give one word to my young doctor when, when you just want to choose one. Any discipline as your future practice, okay. Maybe some of them will think, okay, the financial issue. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you you know that I I know in, uh, it's a very hard to to image what the discipline will be ten years later, twenty years later. Mm. So, especially for the financial issues, you know mm-hmm. that in my in my career, in my age, uh, mm-hmm. when I when I choose the community medicine as one my 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 training my training discipline, my father will ask me why you choose that. It's not a uh, major part in in the medicine. Mm-hmm. Why you choose that? Mm-hmm. I think I'm. It's good for me, mm-hmm. but uh, after I finish my training, you know, sir, 
for example, a lot of doctor, uh, internal medicine doctor, they want to choose the cardiologist in my hospital. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, uh, cardiologists said, uh, they can just uh, prescribe medicine for anti-hypertension medicine for, for, for the people, and uh, they have to do some, uh, we say, catheter, cardiac catheter. For coronary disease, you, you, have, you can use the, some technique to perform, to, 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 uh, to reduce uh, or, or to uh, the, the, the obstruction of the coronary artery. But this mm-hmm. the skill, this practice can only be performed in the major hospital with that facility. After they are training mm-hmm. them, they, they leave the hospital, they, they leave the, the major medical center, they cannot do that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of cardiologists, they, they don't need internal, the, the doctor in the, in the internal medicine, they don't want to choose a cardiologist as their mm-hmm. career. But after mm-hmm. 10 years, we say the classroom, it's very popular in Taiwan now. So as a cardiologist, mm-hmm. you can pr- provide this, you, you can use a skill in everywhere mm-hmm. in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So now cardiologists become a very popular discipline now. So the financial issue is not an important one. You don't, you don't, you can never predict the, what the situation will be the 20, 10 years later. So mm-hmm. I, I, I usually I do not give the recommendation for, for my younger uh, doctor, I just uh, do what I do every day, and they can see what I do. And uh, if they have any question, they can ask me. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you lead by example. Um, I'm maybe I'm I, I'm I'm lazy to to provide any recommendation for them. You know, provide any recommendation <laughs> is sometimes at a risk to misleading the young doctor. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. Okay. Thank you very much indeed, Dr. Lai, for this insightful experience of um, a life of a community doctor. Thank you very much indeed. This podcast was brought to you by the Kamgasa Challenge blog website. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please follow and subscribe to us. Until next time, goodbye.